Hello and welcome to another episode of the Debutante Report. Once again, I'm your host Michael Lung, back again to break down episode 7 of Survivor 41. And I have to say, if last week was a crazy episode, this week tops it 10 times more. And it's probably one of the more intense merge votes in recent history. I mean, normally they seem to be pretty much consensus votes, but this week was just spicy. Everything moved so quickly this week. It was hard to keep up with the social dynamics at play. And I was super confused by the end of it. It took me a while to catch up to what was going on, but I still hope you guys will trust me to go through everything or as much as I got my head around of what went on in this week's episode. So let's dive straight into it, shall we? We're back at the final 12, carrying on from last week's episode. And we saw Sydney, unfortunately, got voted out 5-4-3. to four to three. I was really, I guess, upset from this vote just because Sydney was one of my four that I picked before the season started for my Dream Tribe. And yeah, I really loved her character, so it was it was a bit sad to see her go. I really like that villainous side of her. I thought she yeah was a really great character this season. But yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna start off with Erica's decision. Once she returned at the merge challenge, she chose to reverse the outcome of the previous challenge to get into the merge. And yeah, I kind of saw that one coming as I said in last episode. It's difficult to see a situation where she doesn't choose to make herself safe at a tribal where I don't know if she knew it, but she was a pretty big target to go home should she had been unsafe at that first tribal. Um, so yeah, so the outcome of a decision meant that Liana, Tiffany, Shan, Heather, and Xander, as well as Erica, all became safe, and that meant Danny, Deshaun, Ricard, Evie, Sydney, and Nasir would be up for the vote at this first tribal. I've heard a bit of mixed criticism of this, of this twist. I mean, yeah, it's a bit hard for the players that go into that original merge challenge thinking that, yes, I've earned my spot at the merge, no one can take that away from me. And then to have that completely flipped on its head really is a disservice to the players. I mean, they work so hard and for that to be swept out from under their feet is a pretty rough draw, especially if you're a player on this season. But that's the way this season has been going so far. And yeah, it's got mixed fan results at the moment. But yeah, getting back to the challenge, Ricard ends up winning immunity as well, making him safe too. So now we know who can actually receive votes at this merge tribal council. Only those five players that I mentioned before in Danny, Deshaun, um, Evie, Sydney, and Nasir would be able to receive votes um, with Ricard being safe. And yet, merge votes are always a lot to follow along because there's more than double the number of people normally voting at tribal to keep track of. I don't even know how many times the vote changed before they actually voted. But yeah, we even had tribal whispers going on again. Even though live tribals and tribal whispers seem like entertaining television with everything being so chaotic it actually makes things a lot harder to follow especially from an analyst perspective like myself i mean production did try to help out a bit with more subtitles this time compared to other live tribals that we've seen before which i am grateful for but it was just so hard with it moving at such a quick pace that it was yeah it was really hard to keep up at times um but yeah going back to the social dynamics it seemed like Deshaun and Evie, along with Sydney, were the other two big names being thrown about. Because it's such a short episode, I don't think we saw where those names originated from. But yeah, with only five people being allowed to receive votes, it did make things a little bit harder, I guess. But yeah, in terms of voting blocks forming, we saw basically everyone else except the Yasa three um, of Evie, Xander, and Tiffany, with Yana having flipped over with the rest of the players in the tribe, and. I think it was really smart of the majority to actually split that vo- their votes in that situation, purely because of the threat of an idol from the Yasa 3. And yeah, I think it was a really confident move by Shan to suggest splitting the votes, especially in a live tribal. And with like the initial target being Evie, 
potentially having an idol played on her. I thought it was a pretty good move from Shan to recognize that. As an alternative, that might be the best play. So yeah, really, really good work on her behalf. I thought it was also really good on Deshaun's part to throw Sydney's name out there as an option after finding out back at camp that his name was back on, on the table uh, to get voted out. And yeah, like I said before, the smaller voting pool made for a bit more of a compelling vote just because only a limited number of people could actually receive votes. I mean, yeah, in like an ordinary merge vote situation, probably someone like Heather or Tiffany would be the first boot. Someone um, who doesn't get a lot of screen time would be mainly like the consensus boot. That would be the easy vote to go off at merge. Something we normally see. And I think even Ricard's immunity win became even more crucial for him because it was pretty likely for him to be on the block as well, given that he had less connections than everyone else. And yeah, he didn't have as much insulation coming into the merge. I would have thought, though, that the majority group would have put more of their votes on Evie rather than Sydney in the way that it played out. It just didn't really make sense for her to be the target, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, they might have been spooked by Evie potentially having an idol. But the fact that, yeah, Sydney seemed really tight with the majority back at camp, and we saw her in a lot of strategy conversations. And yeah, presumably Deshaun and Danny were keen to keep her safe as well until, yeah, more names got thrown out. And the fact that, yeah, also, just during the Tribal Whispers, she just planted herself with the Yasa 3. Yeah, something I wasn't really expecting, like, kind of expected her to be really keyed into the majority conversations, given that they were who she was with earlier, and at least, yeah, try to shift things a bit differently from there. I'm pretty sure um, we might hear some things in her exit interviews about why she chose to do what she did at that at that live Tribal. But, yeah, I just found it a bit strange for her to just plant herself with the Yasa 3 and just hope for the best. Um, I mean, it was a tough situation for her. Like, she kind of had an idea that her name was on the block, and so it might have seemed like there wasn't much she could do in that situation. But, yeah, there's, def- there's definitely always a chance of survival. you always got to be uh, looking at ways to boost your place in the game, I think, instead of just plonking yourself down. But, yeah, I was surprised by a couple of other things with how the vote broke down as well. Like, firstly... I was surprised that Nasir's name didn't come up before Sydney because it didn't seem like Nasir had any real strong bonds, only because he probably had an idol. People were probably a bit sceptical and a bit scared to throw votes onto him in the first place. And even he too was huddling around the Yasa 3 during the Whispers, during the Tribal Whispers. So yeah, he definitely could have also been an easy target instead of Sydney. And yeah, just comparing Nasir to Sydney, who should be the easier ta- the easier boot, Given that Sydney seemed pretty tight once again with Deshaun and Danny, it was strange that they couldn't sway the vote away from her. I mean, they did try their best with both of them ended up voting for Evie and Deshaun even ended up using his extra vote to increase their odds. But yeah, I guess it just didn't pan out for them. (laughs) I mean, it would have been pretty funny to see Evie get voted out with Deshaun playing his extra vote uh, that Evie handed him at at Shipwheel Island when they both met up over there. That would have been pretty funny to see. But yeah, talking about advantages though... Even though an extra vote normally doesn't seem all too powerful with it being so situational when it's the right time to play it, ordinarily it's not ordinarily it's not supposed to have too much of an impact at a merge vote, but in this situation with a split vote happening, the threat of an idol and tribal whispers, it did end up having a bigger impact than it normally ends up having. I mean, yeah, Sydney also ended up using her shot in the dark die, first person in Survivor history, to play the shot in the dark die. Uh, which ended up, yeah, it did end up having an impact on the vote. I mean, even though it didn't work out for her, she wasn't able to vote, meaning that she could have forced a tie had she voted for Evie. Um, and that presumably Evie would go home on that revote. 
it really could have gone either way. I mean, like, she wasn't even sure if Evie would have an idol played on her either in that situation. So, yeah, a bit of a toss-up for her in that situation. I know in her Instagram Q&A, she said that, yeah, she was pretty sure that her vote wouldn't matter in that situation, so why not just roll the dice and see if she can save herself? I mean, looking at how the votes broke down, it's easy to say that she shouldn't have played her shot in the dark and she should have kept her vote for the tribal. But I think because there was so much going on and she wasn't really sure... Uh, about voting lines and everything was just very chaotic. She decided to play it safe and it ended up costing her. But yeah, it's all very up in the air. Like it was a 50-50 chance and just didn't end up working out for her with the votes. Um, But yeah, I don't think she realized how big an impact her vote could have had at this trial because of such a large number. But yeah, the odds of the shot in the dark die actually working is so low that it's probably not all that worth playing that shot at all. That's just my opinion. But yeah, I think the only situation where it's actually viable is to play your shot in the dark dies where you're dead sure that there's no other way out with the votes that's going to work out. But at a merge tribal council where there's so many players and such high variance, it could actually be worth to keep your vote, even if you are on the chopping block, just to keep some variance in the air at a merge vote. I mean, it's easy to say now after the fact, but from a logical perspective, keeping your vote over the shot die probably has a higher chance of paying out, especially at a tribal with such high variance. And yeah, with so many idols and advantages in play, with players actually willing to play them so early in the merge, it actually made for a very confusing tribal, to say the least. Um, But yeah, I think that's a really nice segue to talk about Xander's idol and the way he managed to counter Liana's knowledge's power advantage. I mean, from the audience perspective, it seemed very obvious and over the top in the way that Xander was selling the fact that he had an idol. And now looking back in hindsight, I think Tiffany seemed, definitely seemed like the obvious option to go after with the advantage. I have to say, though, it was pretty masterful to make the play on Xander's behalf, especially with both sides trying to make the other believe that they were still working together, like Liana and the Yasa 3. But I think if it was in the jury stage of the game, I think it definitely could have come across as a bit of a bullish kind of move, kind of like Dom in Ghost Island, where, yes, the intentions are good in terms of making a move, but... There's a way of doing it with leaving someone with a bit of dignity. I mean, it just was a little bit slimy for me, but yeah, lucky for Xander, it's not just the jury phase just yet, and I don't think Sydney would have been voting for Xander had he made a final three. But yeah, just thinking from Liana's perspective, she definitely should have known that Xander knew about her advantage and that it was way too obvious and over the top what he was doing. I mean, maybe she got lulled into a false sense of security thinking that he had somehow flipped back to wanting to work with her. I don't know. It just doesn't really make sense on her part to just take it at face value and play her advantage the way that she did. But I just want to ask a question. Was it even the right move for Liana to play her advantage at this tribal? I think, yeah, it seemed like Shan had a pretty big influence on her doing doing so when she said back at camp that she should play it, but it, actually, but it wasn't a crucially important moment when they needed to have an idol desperately. They still could have gone ahead with the vote to target Evie without having to spook them with a potential advantage play. But also, Xander wasn't the only target with an idol. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone else also knew that Nasir had a full idol too, so yeah, I was just wondering why didn't she just take Nasir's idol? Like, he isn't loyal to anyone, I don't think anyone would be sticking their neck out to save Nasir at this point in the game. Yeah, I just found it really confusing why they didn't go after Nasir once again. Like, it just seemed like the obvious option for everyone. But yeah, I also found Xander's move to be a really confidently played move to tell Tiffany to keep the idol and not play it, even though Evie was pretty much begging for it to be played on her. 
I was yeah, I was actually really impressed by how he managed to hold hold his nerve in that situation, especially in a tense moment at tribal council to be able to hold your nerve and say, "No, nah, I want to keep my idol, not for myself but for the tribe, uh, for our alliance." Is actually yeah, a really ballsy, confident move on his on his part. So yeah, really impressed by that. And yeah, they seem also relieved the Yasa three that they managed to survive that trial without having to play their idol rather than their target not ended up going home. I thought, yeah, it was a really... It was a different perspective to look at that, I think. But yeah, overall, really savvy play by Xander at that tribal council. It was also really ironic the fact that so many people knew about Liana's advantage when it was specifically called the knowledge is power advantage. Um, yeah, I think Liana's ultimate downfall came, though, when she got to the beach the first time before the merge and she didn't tell... Tiffany some lie about having, say, an extra vote instead of hesitating and then revealing the true advantage later on. I thought that was where it ultimately came down for her. I mean, it's crazy to see how quickly information spreads at such a frantic point in the game. But even though Liana has now broken off from the original Yasa alliance, I think she's still in a pretty good spot with the majority alliance. She seems pretty tight with Shan, pretty insulated, even though she got left with egg on her face after her advantage flopped. And yeah, speaking of alliances moving forward, we saw the Yasa 3 on the bottom, but I think there's still definitely a lot of outliers still left in the game, like Nasir, Erika, Ricard. We have no idea where Heather sits in any of this either, so maybe we see a lot more movement further down the road. And yeah, going back again to Liana, I don't really see Liana going back to the Yasa 3. I think she seems pretty good with her with her other alliance there. Yeah, we don't even know if the next trial will have more than one person amused, and there's also that to think about when it comes to the vote as well. And yeah, like, talking about Ricard too, he doesn't seem especially too tight with anyone. Now that he's a bit on loose terms with Shan too, I think he could be a bit of a a bit of a free agent for an alliance to pick him up. I think that could be um, the way that it ends up panning out a little bit. And yet, the Luvu, the original Luvu drivers of Clumps also seems a bit threatening, so maybe... Erica could be the next to go. I don't know. There's still there's still five original Louvre left in the left in the game, so yeah, one of them could definitely be the target at the next tribal council. But yeah, even though this episode was very confusing, we still got a blind side where I feel the audience wasn't too inclined to know about how the votes were going to shake out, and at least we got a couple of advantages played as well. So there's a little bit less to have to worry about in terms of that side of the game. But yeah, I think that brings us to the end of another recap. I think. Yeah, just talking about Sydney and how she was the first merge boot. I think she's the first person in Survivor history to go home without actually having to vote. I mean, that's a really obscure, I guess, title to hold as for Sydney as a player. But um, for some of, someone of her character, is a pretty apt title to hold for her. And yeah, going into predictions for next episode, like I said, it's pretty hard to tell, obviously, with so many twists in the game. We saw Tiffany in the preview for next week being a bit out of the loop with what's going on. Uh, with the tribe dynamic, so maybe she's going to go home, but as Hubiki's law states, thanks to David Bloomberg, um, yeah, she probably won't be going home in this next episode. So yeah, I'm going to stick with, I'd say, Erica or another Luvu member to go home at this next tribal council. That'll be my prediction. But then again, I've never got a prediction right this season, so <laughs> I don't think if it's ever gonna if it's ever going to happen. I think I predicted her to go home earlier in the season. She never did, but... Yeah, we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> but yeah, that brings us to the end of another podcast recap. I would really want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Debutante Report. If you made it all the way to the end, I really appreciate you if you did. And yeah, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Debutante Report. 
And let me know your thoughts on Twitter as well, at Debutant Report, if you agreed or disagreed with anything I've mentioned in this episode. And yeah, I'll see you next week for episode 8 of Survivor 41. We're really making our way through this season and, and yeah, heading into the merge part of the game, which is always exciting. But until then, guys, hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.